Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a very special first-time guest. Guest, tell the listeners who you are. Hello, my name is Arlo. I ha- I'm a guy who yells about Nintendo on YouTube. That's basically it, though. <laughs> What a thrill. Um, yeah. So uh, for listeners who may not have seen Arlo's channel, Arlo, what's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, it's uh, YouTube.com slash Arlo stuff. If you just type in Arlo, it usually works. You'll find it. All right. So Arlo is actually the uh, winner of a while ago. Tough Pigs readers might remember that we had a Muppet fans doing good campaign in which Muppet fans donated to charitable causes and could win various prizes one of which was a chance to guest star on this podcast. And Arlo was our winner. So welcome, Arlo. You're, <laughs> you're a winner, it's all Arlo. I wanted. Yeah. It's all I wanted. I, that's the only prize I wanted. I wanted, to, I wanted to be included. I wanted to be in the club. And here you are. Yell about, yell about Muppets sometimes. All right. And we are, we are thrilled to have you. Uh, today, Arlo is joining us to talk about minutes 71 and 72 of The Muppets Take Manhattan. In these minutes, Philip Phil gets a new set of clothes and sets out on his own. So we open back in the hospital where the doctor tells Kermit that his case is hopeless and suggests that he make a fresh start. She says, what we can do for you is give you a nice clean set of clothes and wish you a lot of good luck. So it's very responsible. It, well, that's <laughs> well. what I was going to say is like, th- that's not a thing, right? <laughs> Hospitals have never given outgoing patients a new set of clothes. And, and then just have like, fun. and then, yeah, then just sort of uh, just kind of push them out into the world and just leave them to their own devices. She's giving up on him very quickly. As far as we know, <laughs> This is just the day after he got hit by the car, right? Right. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Make at least a couple calls. Put up a couple signs. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She called a couple nudist colonies and that was it. She's giving up. She's like, oh, well, we tried to see you later. Right. If he's he's not a nudist, he's not anything. Right. See ya. I'm also wondering, are they charging him for this? Because he has no ID, no, you know, no money, obviously. So I guess... I mean, and maybe that's why they're they're just pushing him out the door because he can't pay for more nights in the hospital, so they don't want him there. Right, he has no insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, now we're getting into some depressing stuff here about our <laughs> well, health, healthcare system. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's the thing about Muppets Take Manhattan, though. Like, I feel like more than the first two movies, it kind of encourages you to talk about depressing stuff, right? This is the dark and gritty Muppet movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's Frank I, for you. Ah, uh, he he just he gets real, you know. He he likes digging into those emotional stories, and oh, that's I I like it so much. Yeah. Oh, sure. Me too. Yeah. That that really does seem to be a very deliberate choice on his part with this one. Yeah, yeah he's all about the character, like digging really deep into a character and like figuring out what makes him tick. I mean, you know, we've all read all the countless quotes and stuff about like how he goes about a character and they got to have a backstory yes, and all that yeah. stuff. And I, I love it. But like that, it really comes through in like the writing and in the just the direction and, and everything. Not that a lot of his movies are very dark and gritty. I guess even Little Shop of Horrors has some, like it takes place on Skid Row and there's some, some grittiness there, but like House Sitter, uh, you know, in and out it, Those aren't exactly dark and gritty movies, but I guess. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Right. It's more of an emotional thing. I, it's yeah. more just like, just, at least for the Muppets. Yeah, just knowing yeah. the characters. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um, but so anyways, Kermit says, well, thank you, Doc. And then we linger on Kermit's face for a second, which, speaking of like being very character-focused, 
I feel like we're supposed to be watching this set in, right? That Kermit is going to be out there on his own, has no idea who he is or where to go. Mm. And the doctor just kicked him out of the hospital. I don't know. It's terrifying. Yeah, I I kind of feel like that's why we hold a little too long on Kermit's face. Yeah, maybe. But then we do cut to outside the hospital where Kermit is now wearing like a nifty checkered suit and a straw boater hat. So I love the hat. Yeah, the hat looks great. Well, and like, um, it's it's so funny to me that it's like we'll get you a new set of clothes, and that's the clothes that they have on hand. It looks like or, he's like or like yeah, a three piece suit and a, from the eighteen nineties or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a right. weird used car salesman. Right. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say actually his um his suit is a pretty close to the one he wears at the end of Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas. Ah. Where he's wearing wow. like a brown coat with like a checkered shirt underneath when yeah. he's in the the um, Riverside Rest at the end, listening to Ma and Emmett and the gang. Yeah. yeah. So we we have seen Kermit dress kind of like this before, but I don't know. I just, I just love the idea that like the hospital is like, here you go. Right. <laughs> here's this your motor hat. It's the only thing they day. had in his size, I guess. <laughs> right. And this <laughs> the shot of him exiting the hospital doesn't seem strictly necessary. Like it's just him walking away from the hospital. But I do think. Maybe part of the reason it's there is because they knew that the audience was going to laugh to see Kermit wearing this outfit. So that's to like get the <laughs> laugh out of the way before we have to move on to the the story. That's stuff. a really good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And right. also, I as as a New York resident and lover of New York, I did spend a few minutes trying to figure out what this building is. I don't know if it's actually a hospital. I suspect not, but I could not figure it out. But if anyone out there knows what the building is that's used as the exterior of the hospital, please let us know. Yes. I want to go recreate that shot. Yeah, I'm going to wear that outfit. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I do think I there's, a Hall- there's an obscure Halloween costume right there. <laughs> yeah, Philip Phil. I think well, I'd yeah. in the straw boater, though. I don't know. Yeah, would, yeah, you, yeah. You, you would, yeah. Um, but I do think that this shot, like you're right, we do get the laugh, but then I feel like it does draw us back into the emotion because Kermit kind of looks around and shrugs and then walks off. Yeah, it's like, what and this is, now? Right, and it's another example of how good Jim Henson is in this movie at like the subtle stuff. Because mm-hmm. like th- like you say, that shrug says, what do I do now? Yeah. And it's literally just like a puppet moving its sh- like shoulders a half an inch. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Um, but he looks great. And it, it tells you, like I said, it just, he sells the emotion so well, man. I don't, Jim Henson, that dude, he's good at his job. Yes, yes, very he's good. good. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all of a sudden we're back at Pete's and guess who's back? The whole gang. Everyone. The whole Muppet gang is back at Pete's. They're all talking up a storm. <clears throat> and so I, I was trying to take note of who is talking to whom. And as far as I can tell, Janice is talking to Gonzo. Fozzie is talking to Rolf. Yeah. Dr. Teeth is talking to Camilla, which seems like a fascinating conversation <laughs> yeah, to yeah, hear. I, I never noticed that. That's great. Yeah, they're in the back. <laughs> um, and then Floyd is talking to Scooter, and the animal like joins their conversation after hopping around for a second or two, hmm. as, as, as far as I can tell. So, so that's who we see all talking to each other. Rizzo is sitting on a box talking out loud. You can hear him. You can hear Steve Whitmire chattering. But as far as I can tell, Rizzo is not talking to anyone. There's no one looking at him. Everyone <laughs> else ranting. is engaged in the talk. Yeah. So it's like poor Rizzo. Like he like uh, all these old friends are together again. And he's just like, yeah, we're all talking. Yeah, I'm right. talking too. <laughs> yeah, or he might just be like, ah, I remember all you guys. You sat at my table. You didn't leave me a tip. <laughs> right. 
We're friends now. <laughs> I, I did notice too, though, that uh, Rizzo's tail is like—I I don't know if wagging is the right word. Do do rats' tails wag? But I don't think so. Rizzo's tail is sort of just like twitching back and forth, which I guess means there's another puppeteer there somewhere, or there's some kind of mechanism. I just love that attention to detail. Well, they built all of these crazy mechanisms for the rat scene, so they're probably just like, just oh, keep yeah. using them. Yeah. Our rats can do anything in the world now. Right. <laughs> Might as well use it. It just makes them seem very alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little That's touches great. like that often do come through very, very strongly. Yeah, it's great. And I was trying to hear what all the characters are saying to each other, and I couldn't really make anything out. I think Fozzie is saying something about something was really funny. I think he's maybe telling Ralph about some funny anecdote from the cave, maybe. But I couldn't really <laughs> understand anything else that was being said. Huh. We need, we need I, to get some like professionals to like figure out exactly what everyone is saying and draw apart the audio so we can figure it out. Because we can't read the lips, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would love that. I love that. See, that's what we should do. We should do an entire episode of this podcast dedicated to what is every line of dialogue when they're all overlapping. Yeah. yeah. Um, but So I anyways, hope I'm not jumping ahead. Uh, the, Janice, uh, can we talk about the gag? Yeah, well, yeah I, was, yeah, I was just about to get to it. So so Piggy <laughs> Piggy gets everyone's attention. Piggy uses, uh, and, does that, that two-finger whistle, which I've never been able to do. I've tried. No, I can't do up, it. Never. Like, how do people do that? But I don't understand how people whistle by blowing between two fingers. My uncle Brad used to do it all the time, but he's the only one I've ever seen. In you're life. you're demonstrating like with your two pinkies. Is that how he does yeah, that's it? How, that's how my uncle Brad does it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand. Well, I got fuzzy <laughs> fingers, so it doesn't work for me at all. Oh, so. There you go. Yeah. I guess it doesn't <laughs> uh, doesn't really work. No. All right. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, then Piggy tries to get everyone's attention, and everyone stops talking except for, as Arlo mentioned, Janice, who says. Look, buddy, I don't take my clothes off for anyone, even if it is artistic. <laughs> so um, what what were you going to say about this, Arlo? <laughs> I love that it's like it's a running gag that only runs for like two movies. Well, but, but even that's fascinating because like, of course, you mean it's it's similar to her line in Green Muppet Caper. Yeah, exactly. Says, Look, mother, it's my my life. And if I want to live on the beach and walk around naked, but. Is this the only time that we get like that explicit of a variation on a gag from a previous movie? As far as uh, I know, it's 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 like they were establishing it as a running thing, but then it just it happened twice, and then it was just kind of done. Right. Well, and but also, there's no more movies with Janice in them. Like Janice doesn't have a speaking line in a feature film again. Until yeah, the, yeah. The it could be that there, it could be that there would have been. Right. <laughs> Maybe yeah, right, they planned right. on having it be like a total Janice joke. Maybe it's in the. I wish they would have done in the. Yeah, yeah maybe, in a drawer somewhere. Maybe it's in the screenplay for the cheapest Muppet movie ever cheapest made. Movie ever made. Um, yeah. But yeah, I and I'm also surprised that like Jason Siegel didn't, you know, like it must be tempting to to bring that back, but we we exactly. haven't seen it in any of the more recent productions. At least in the show, like she was in the show a good amount. I guess it just yeah. wasn't on yeah. their, their priority list. Yeah. Although I do I will say putting putting the two together, I really do enjoy the like running storyline almost of of Janice owning her own sexuality, right? Like absolutely, yeah. I like, mean, the first like, one was more of like she's asserting her hippie independence, and this one is more like she's telling off some creepy guy. But right, I, I, I mean, both it's like both of them are like Janice saying like I decide when I take my clothes off. Yeah, right? like it's great. Yeah, Janice, Janice is the best. Go Janice. That's that deep arc. The deep story arcs. Yeah, there it is. Hold over the course of two sentences. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Piggy, Piggy doesn't want to hear any more of this. She says, Janice, everybody, please. I'm glad to see you too. Which I was thinking about this. In this movie, she probably is glad to see everyone, but like that's unique to this movie, right? Like there's there's no other version of Piggy <laughs> yeah. who would be genuinely glad to see all of these people. Yeah, that's that's probably true. There, and we speaking of the 2015 series, she there were moments in that one it seemed like she didn't really even know who everybody was, or like she didn't really care about all the people who were working for her. So yeah, this yeah, is a that's kind of one piggy. problem. Right. It's a well, problem which, with that show. Yeah, yeah, well, early and, on. And, yeah, and it's a problem that I do think they fixed eventually in, in the second half of the season. But um, but I also think that this is a little bit of what Dan, our previous guest Danny Horn was talking about with like Piggy being too nice in this movie. Mm. Right? Is that Piggy's like they go out of their way to have Piggy say, I'm glad to see you too, to 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 the whole gang, right? Yeah. Whereas like Great Muppet Caper, Piggy is just like, who are all these people? Why are they on my date? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it, you know, it like, takes away that sort of the part of her that's the ambitious uh, yeah. diva. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say in this case, it's because she actually does know all these people. Whereas in Caper, mm. she's playing a character that does not know these people and they're just weirdos. Right. That right. Is so true. I would yeah. say it's, it's fitting. These are all her yeah. college buddies. Right. I think in the context of the movie, it works fine, but it's definitely a different take on Piggy, which is good. I don't <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. I don't think the Muppets have to be the same in every movie. Um, I think the, I think all three of these first three movies are stronger because they aren't frankly, right? Yes. Cause each one stands on its own. Mm-hmm. But um, then she tells everyone that Kermit is gone and we cut back to the man himself, the frog himself, the straw boater hat itself, Kermit, the frog outside on the street. Um, I guess I, I should this. say, before we get back to Kermit, any any other thoughts about the diner? Um, I just had one note that which is in the Marvel Comics adaptation of this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So we mentioned that there are versions of like earlier points in the development where Beauregard uh, traveled to New York with the Electric Mayhem. So in the comic, Beauregard shows up at Pete's and he has a van full of chickens and dogs and bears, and one of the bears says. It's too crowded in there for us to join Fozzie, Ralph, Gonzo, and all their friends. So Bo oh. says, how about a sightseeing tour? And then they drive away. with. So that it's very interesting to me that they felt like they wanted to put something in to explain where all of the dogs and bears and chickens go. Because... Yeah, they just kind of show up. Yeah, well, we yeah, we saw them when, when the Muppets get the postcards. They're all like, oh, hey, you guys want to come to New York with me? And then we don't see any of those Muppets again until, you know, the, those random animals again until the end of the movie so it's it's interesting to think that they thought there should be an explanation of like wait a minute where did where have all those guys <laughs> been this whole time oh they've right. been on a sightseeing tour where's beth where's lou zealand right exactly where's yeah. that one bear yeah or that one chicken? i guess they yeah they realized oh yeah that doesn't actually matter at all yeah right. nobody cares yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine about it it would be, we'll nice get to, it. Would be nice to see beauregard a little in this movie yeah. you know Oh, yeah, just to have it. That would be fun. Yeah, but it's fine. Um, So anyways, Kermit is walking into a building. He um, walks past a couple of, of signs. It's Mad Av Advertising. So that's Brush where they are. Toothpaste. Yeah, Brush Toothpaste, right? He walks into door 916, and inside he sees three frogs who um, tell him he's in the wrong place. He, the employment agency is down one floor. But then they pull him back in. They go back out in the hall to grab him. 
and they ask what his name is. Well, Kermit can I just say, the- I, I love how much we, how much information is conveyed by that one shot of the frogs in their office. Yeah. Because you just see immediately, like, there's paper crumpled up on the desk, and one of the frogs has his sleeves rolled up, and he's staring at this folder, and one of the frogs is pacing back and forth, and one of the frogs has her feet up on the desk staring at the ceiling. Like, you, you can kind of tell that they're, they're in the middle. Like, they've probably been up all night working on some project. We just don't know yeah, they're trying to figure something out. That's that's true. There's there's a lot communicated just in that one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so then the frogs go out to the hall to grab Kermit. One of the frogs asks his name. Kermit looks at a poster for Zoom Along Gasoline, <laughs> which uh, has the tagline "Fill her up," and he goes, "Uh, fill, fill up, fill up, fill." So was which, he just? What was he planning on telling the employment agency his name was? He was just going to have to make up a different name. He's flying by the seat of his pants. He does not have a plan. His memory is erased. He's just starting from square one, I guess. Yeah. I I think what was going to happen um, is that in the employment agency, he was going to look at a headline that said, police doubt fire was accidental, and then give his name name as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, or he would just look around the room and be like, oh, my name is um, desk, uh, chair, table. Desk, chair, table. Yes. Desk, chair, (laughs) table. But but yeah, um, so obviously, as I, as Mrs. Delphire points out, this is not a new joke here or in that movie, <clears throat> but it's definitely one that I'm a sucker for. Like it's, it's a classic. Sure, sure. Yeah. It never gets old. Right. And anytime characters like look at random things to make a name, I don't know. It always makes me laugh. Yeah. And maybe oh, that's were, an evergreen. Maybe you were going to say this, but Philip Phil is similar to the name of the protagonist of uh the jim henson company's happy time murders which came out a few years ago that guy's name was phil phillips performed by bill beretta which i have to think that they they either if it wasn't deliberate they must have noticed it at some point along the way but decided to keep the name yeah right i was i was not planning to say that because i never got around to seeing that movie that is okay me neither it's on netflix now and i kind of want to but i kind of i mean you can maybe see it once you should see for yourself but it's not great I want to see the puppetry. I just, yeah. I've just been putting it off. Yes, there's yeah, just, some very good technical puppetry stuff in it. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I might, I might bother someday. Um, but I'm not, I'm glad we don't have to cover it for this. You podcast. would much rather watch Philip Phil than Phil Phillips. I, yeah. I, I absolutely <clears throat> would. I absolutely would. So, um, but so after Phil introduces himself, the other three frogs all introduce themselves. And it's this so silly thing Phil, I'm Bill, and this is Gil. Phil, I'm Gil, and this is Jill. Bill, I'm Jill, and you know Gil and Bill. Ah, it's great. So good. It's so good. Yes. There's so, it's such a good scene. There's so many things to say. I hope I don't start rambling, but it's a no, very no. good scene you picked for me. Tell me. Tell me what you're thinking right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, what am I not thinking? I love how it's like if you remove Kermit's experiences from life, he forgets how he normally talks. And he like, <laughs> yes. His voice just kind of has this floaty sort of like it's like he's doing an impression of himself <laughs> or he's just kind of like his his brain is a little fuzzy. Like it just for some reason, that's what happens when Kermit loses his memories. He just speaks completely differently. And it makes me <laughs> laugh every time. Yeah, it's great. Philip Phil is that voice. Well, and we've, we've talked about how like you get to see so many different versions of Kermit in this because he wears a couple of disguises and stuff, too. Uh-huh. You know, and he's doing voices for those, too. And uh, it's just, it's great to see so many Kermits. In one <laughs> yeah, and speaking of so many Kermits, well, um, yeah. you know, the, the story that everybody was told, uh, was it Steve, Dave, and Kathy were just told to do Kermit impressions. 
Right, right. So, so yeah. So we should we should say Jill is Kathy Mullen. Um, who didn't she play a frog on the Muppet Show? Didn't she play the frog frog scout? Yeah, that was one of her first speaking Mrs. roles on the Muppet Mrs. Show. Yes. What's what's your name? Mrs. That. Applegate or Mrs. Applewhite Ooh, or something like Apple that? Apple Bomb, maybe. Yeah, it's the Debbie Harry episode. I really should have looked. This yeah, up. we should know this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and pretend I knew it the whole time. Of course, you knew it the <laughs> um, whole time. I know everything about. And if it doesn't take you very long, all of this will remain in the episode. Right. Uh, Mrs. Appleby. She played Frog Scout leader Mrs. Appleby. Appleby Boy, we tried every Um, permutation of Apple something and we still didn't land on it. We still were up. (laughs) Um, And Dave Goals played Kermit's acting teacher in the Linda Lavin episode, uh, who we just saw in this movie, in this same clip. and he also played Kermit the Pig in the Cloris Leachman episode. And both of the, those are Mrs. Appleby is not really like a Kermit voice, is it? She's just kind of an old lady no, voice. She's like an old lady, yeah. But both of those Dave Gold's characters are very much riffs on Kermit. Right. Are just straight up Kermit imitations. Yeah. Like because Kermit the Pig is replacing Kermit. Right. And then the, the acting teacher, the whole <clears> joke <throat> is that he taught Kermit how to like talk and he yells, Yay, just like Kermit. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to add another one to it, Dave was the one operating the uh, in the, uh, the Muppet movie, the original, the second Kermit that Kermit is talking to in the desert. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was doing that, too. Okay. So you want to add that to the Dave Kermit connection. But then, of course, our third frog here, Gil, is Steve Whitmire, who, to my knowledge, had not yet played any kind of froggy voice yet. Like, this is his first one, I think. Well, I mean, we don't know if he was, like, if there was ever a group of frogs on the Muppet show, but not, not right. a prominently speaking not, character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and he would, of course, as, as everyone listening to this podcast undoubtedly knows, he <laughs> would spend 27 years of his life playing Kermit the frog. Uh, and that's and, the voice right there. And, like that's and this is it. Yeah. Right. It is right, exactly. Very, <laughs> yeah. very, very close. Yeah. Yeah. Gil is, is Kermit. Um, and it's funny hearing the two next to each other. His voice is so much higher than Jim Henson's Kermit voice, which it always was, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is neat to see him here in like embryonic form as, yeah. as, as the Kermit voice. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a weird thing to have happened to just have this little, like this. Little, I mean, that wasn't even what year did this movie 80, come out? 84. Okay. Just a few years before. Yeah. When you really think about that, that blows my mind sometimes. Like it's only six years, which I guess, it, yeah, I don't know. In 1990, when that that transition happened, it it felt like a long time to me because I was a little kid. But yeah, six years is nothing. Right. That's nothing, right? Well, and, and I think about that especially mm-hmm. with because like after this, as we've discussed, there are very few projects with like the classic Muppet Show family, right? Uh-huh. There's like the the celebration of 30 years and Muppet Family Christmas and uh, Christmas uh, Muppets at Walt Disney World. And that's really kind of it, right? I mean, you could say like Jim Henson Hour, but like kind of. Yeah, it's new characters and a few characters come back. Yeah. Right. So it's like we're really very close to the end of like the classic. I mean, it's 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 basically three hours of material after yeah. you know, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. Which, which is wild to think about. Wow. You know, yeah. and one of those is a clip show. A clip show with a lot of funny new stuff in it, but a clip show nonetheless. Right. Um so, anyways, here's Steve Whitmire. But one one other thing I want to talk about with these frogs is all three of them have hair. And <laughs> yeah. We very rarely have seen Muppet frogs with hair. Like we mentioned to Mrs. Appleby in the Debbie Harry episode. She has hair under her under her frog scout hat. But like for the most part, when we saw frogs in the Muppet show, 
They looked like Kermit or Robin, right? And, and bald. usually not wearing clothes. Right. Usually bald and naked. Right. And these guys are all wearing like business attire <laughs> and and have like varying amounts of hair. Yeah, did they grow it out on purpose for the business? Is it a style choice? Do they get a wig so they can fit in with everybody else at the <laughs> <Yeah>. agency? <laughs> They're like trying to pass as human. They're wow. like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. A, a wig had not occurred to me, but although I love the idea that Bill got a wig that's just like, is it Bill who has just like the horseshoe? One of them is balding. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. if it's Bill or Gil. I, I, yeah, I got a wig to look like he's balding. Yeah, it's very <laughs> right. authentic. Yeah. But it is, and as a kid, I never thought about it. But like now, knowing what frogs most of the time look like, it definitely jumps. And I, I guess these are like big city frogs, right? And most of, presumably, the Muppet <laughs> Theater frogs are like Kermit's buddies from back home in the from swamp. From the swamp, yeah. They're, they're much more casual. Because, well, and also in Muppet, Muppet Walt Disney World, when we go to the swamp and see dozens of Kermit's relatives, they're all naked. Mm, yeah. Are, yeah, maybe they like, just keep it shaved. It helps you swim better when you keep it like shaved. One or two of them are wearing hats, maybe in that, but that's not the same yeah. as wearing clothes. Right. Hats are not clothes. Right. So I, 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 this is sort of speaking out of line. It might be a, a subject better for a later episode, but just about these characters and about this situation, can I just say like there's a weird part of me that kind of like wishes Kermit had stayed with this job. Huh. Is that want- like is that just me? Well, maybe, but so you you want to see the like workplace sitcom starring Kermit and these frogs? No, it's more just like he just found a really nice, stable job without a bunch of wackos making his life crazy all the time. It was just a good job, hmm. had some good work friends, very quiet, very normal. I just think a lot of people aspire to finding a job like that. I yeah. almost wish he didn't go back. You know what I'm saying? Just like a little part of me. I know it's right that he went back, but like... <laughs> Man, that seemed like a good life. They just going going to lunch, you know, work meetings. Just seemed nice. Yeah, yeah, you're you're making a good case for it. And not to jump ahead, but next week they will just say to him like, "Oh, you are with us now," which is they they accept him immediately as as yeah. part of their their group. It's uh, like who lands a job like that? Yeah. He didn't even go to. Well, they don't know he went to college. He just kind of like stepped into it. That's so lucky. People yeah. would kill for that. He doesn't yeah. know he went to college. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so bef- before we do get to the end of these minutes, they invite Phil back to their office. Bill tells them that they're in the ad game and they're looking for the opinion of the common ordinary frog on the street about their product, which is ocean breeze soap. And that's where we end. Um, or Kermit says he's never heard of it. Phil says he's never heard of it, I guess. Which, how does Phil know what he's heard of or not? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even know. Yeah, it's, not saying, <laughs> it's not saying much that he's never heard of it. I never thought of that before. You're right. Like. <laughs> I've never heard of anything, though. I've never heard of any soap. So, like, right? don't mind me. Right. Um, but so that, that does bring us down to the end. Any other thoughts on these minutes? Or, Arlo, if you want to talk about anything else, since you're not with us again, um, before we go, Arlo, any other thoughts? I'll, get, I'll just give you, like, my brief thoughts on the movie as a whole, if you'd like. Sure, please. <clears throat> I, it's weird. It's one of those things, you just have, like, a personal preference thing. It's weird to me that, I mean, basically across every list, ask anybody. Uh, this movie is never at the top of any list. I you'd, have met so you'd, you'd few. Be surprised people. how many guests we've had who've said it their, it's their favorite. We, I think we've a, lot had of it, a lot of it has to do with <laughs> when people saw it. If it was the one that they watched over and over again as kids, then that it tends to be like number one. Yeah, maybe. I just like most people I talk to 
Like even I'll talk about it on Twitter and the, and I put this movie above like the original and they're like, you're crazy. Like it's a good movie, but it's nowhere near the top. Something about this movie just clicks with me. I think it's really hard to, it's impossible to say what's my favorite Muppet movie, but it really, really very likely could be this one. It just, everything about it is just got the most funny moments. I don't know, the best songs, the best story, the best characters. I don't know. Like I just, I adore this movie so much. And I kind of discovered the Muppets, um, like I watched them a lot as a kid, uh, but then like as an adult later is kind of when I rediscovered them and I got to relook at every project like kind of with the, with fresh eyes. And uh, this one just stuck with me. I don't know. Like it, it just, maybe it's the Frank Oz charm. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just like his style or something, but golly, I could watch this movie. No, I have watched this movie a thousand times. I will keep watching it. Sure. Yeah, so they uh, the, you, you you already answered one of the questions we like to ask at the end, um, which is where would you rank it? Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Is the other um, I don't believe I remember the first time, but I do. It was as a kid though. I remember Caper was the one I saw less because I think it was just like whenever I caught it on TV or something. Uh, but this one, now it would have been as a kid though at some point. I don't think I ever had the tape. It was probably also just on TV, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Which was, which was often in like in my, I don't know if I, I'm 36. I don't know if you're around the same age as me, but uh, when I was a kid in the early nineties, it seemed like it was on WGN constantly. It was definitely on TV a lot more than the other two, which I think yeah. that's another reason why some, some people of a certain age prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, I was exposed to it more. I think I, I only owned the original Muppet movie. So you you must be right that it was on TV a lot. If I still remember seeing it multiple times, even right, though right. I did not own it. Yeah. Um, so Ryan, what did you did you have anything to add before we, um, before we just? I'll try to be concise. Um, I, I think it's really interesting that this an advertising agency is the choice of this new life that Kermit is going to get drawn into. Um, this is a few decades before Mad Men kind of made people think about advertising again, and the people who make advertising. And I feel like it's also a few decades after there was this fascination with that industry in the sixties. Like, right. Which is, which is why Mad Men is set there, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, like on Bewitched, Darren Stevens was uh, an ad, I guess, copywriter, or I don't know. He had multiple roles at an advertising agency. (laughs) And then you have stuff like the movie will success spoil rock Hunter with Tony Randall, Muppet show guest star where he works in advertising. And that was sort of, just yeah, just some. It seemed like people were fascinated to realize, like, oh, there are people who make advertising, and uh, it's it's this whole industry in the '60s, and but that had probably faded by this time. Um, so it's interesting that this is the the field that Kermit falls into. But also, advertising is very associated with the Muppets from the early days, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning. The, the characters on Salmon Friends were doing ads for their sponsors. And you have the Wilkins coffee commercials with the the very early Muppets uh, getting blown up and stuff. So um, yeah, I just there's, uh, thought that was interesting. Yeah, it kind of goes back to his roots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's and it is kind of fun. You're right. How like it it was like in the '60s is where we exam you know all the the glamour or whatever. Um, but then like even this depiction of it is a little old fashioned. It's not glamorous, but like the the poster on the wall it's kind of got that like 50s 60s vibe so it's almost like even then when they made this movie even then it was kind of like an old-fashioned take on the idea like the style or something so i don't know maybe that really was just such a big thing that even then they recognized that 
in the 60s ad agencies were just like a big thing. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And that's funny. Going back to his roots, like, yeah, 30 years before this, Kermit the Frog was, well, he wasn't a frog yet, but he was doing commercials for <laughs> SK Meats. And now here he is once yeah. again working as an advertising guy. Right. You know, apparently that, he's really good at it. Apparently, I mean, like that's the the straightforward slogan. Like that's something that someone would do now, and it would be considered all like cheeky and yeah. like, oh wow, haha, you just say what the thing does. That's funny. Like I'm waiting for some major person to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ocean Breeze so has time. It will get you clean. Like get you, you clean. You can't argue with it. What else you need um, to do? Yeah, we, exactly. We, we, we will find out more about um, Ocean Breeze soap getting you clean next week, however. Yeah. Do you I, have something else? Right? Oh, yeah. The only other thing in the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay, uh, the doctor doesn't just send Kermit out into the world. She actually refers him directly to the ad agency. Uh, he walks in and this human receptionist named Ethel introduces him to Bill, who then takes him to meet Jill and another frog whose name is Will, not Gil. <laughs> Huh. So Bill's I, funnier. Bill's definitely better. I, yeah, I assume, and also because Bill and Will are both short for William, they decided that that uh, was funnier to have one of them be Gil. Yeah. You know, I'm a little, I'm torn because I feel like the way it's presented, where he just stumbles into it, is funnier. However, mm-hmm. I like the idea of slowly being introduced to another person, like through each department, and they all have the rhyming names. That's funny in its own way. I think I prefer the way that it went. Yeah, definitely. Because also there's no Ocean Breeze soap pitch at all in that draft. He just walks in and says, oh, they told me, you know, the doctor told me you might have a job for me. And they say, oh, yeah, here, meet meet Bill and Will and Jill. And they just give him a job and that's it. So it's 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 not as funny and it makes less sense. Yeah, yeah. So, this is so, a lot funnier, for sure. I will, I will say only worth it if the human receptionist was Terry Gar. Oh, that that would be. I was going to say the, the receptionist would have been a person. That would have that would have been another right. guest spot. Although right, we right. just walked away from a guest spot with the doctor, so maybe that would have been a little too much. That's true. That's I'm I'm just thinking of someone who never worked at the Muppets, who I always wished had. Yeah, why right? wasn't Terry Gar on the Muppet Show? I don't know, man. I don't know. Missed opportunity. Yeah. You know? Anyways, um, so that does bring us down to the end. Listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're we're all over the place. You can email us with your fantasy casting for that receptionist character <laughs> at moving right along at toughpigs.com. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Our logo is by Morgan Davy. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. And Ryan, uh, Ryan, I'm sorry, I always forget. What's your Letterboxd again? Oh, my Letterboxd is movies are neat. Movies you can follow Ryan at movies are neat. And if you do, it'll inspire me to write more reviews, which I should really be doing. I enjoy your letterbox. It's always very uh, concise and interesting. Oh, thank you. Yes. All right. And Arlo, remind our listeners where they can find you and your work online. Let's go to YouTube. <clears throat> Just type in Arlo. It's it's youtube.com slash Arlo stuff. It's I talk about Nintendo video game stuff. And uh, can I just say thank you guys so much for having me. I think uh, I am very like even just in my job and talking about Nintendo, like I I can I consistently stretch how long I can talk about a thing and how thoroughly. <laughs> so like the idea of going two minutes at a time, it sounds absurd, but then it's like no, we've got the opinions to fill the space. Like we yeah, that's we are so passionate about. It. Like I could do this. I th- I, <laughs> I could just break it down minute oh, yeah. by minute, and there's there, something to talk to. There is a lot of stuff to talk about, and I do want to say I, I enjoy your videos, Arlo and. Anyone, um, any Nintendo fans out there should check those out. Like I, 
when I was replaying Super Mario Sunshine recently and finding it infuriating, I went and watched some of your Super Mario Sunshine videos and was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one who finds this game impossible. So that was no, nice. It's the best, worst Mario game. It's awesome, and I love it, and it's uh, terrible, and I love it. Yeah, I won't argue with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, uh, I I have to admit, I haven't actually watched your videos, and I, I am, I'm sorry. I will, though. I have it queued up right now. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to watch your review of Donkey Kong Country T- Tropical Freeze, one of my favorite games <laughs> ah, of all time. So, I could never beat that Well, thank one. you. Yeah, that's like part of the fun. That's like part of the fun of Donkey Kong. Any Donkey it's Kong. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I don't make them like that anymore. Right. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us, Arlo. Yes, all right. Thank you for having me. And uh, listeners, don't forget to give us a positive review on your podcatcher of choice. and. Tell everyone you ever see to listen to Moving Right Along. We'll be back next week. Everyone. Even if they hate the Muppets. (laughs) Especially if they hate the Muppets. We'll convert them. If they like Uh, Linda Lavin. Yes, exactly. Um, And we'll be back next week with another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.